The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to a special football show from Hawkeye's Mike. This podcast is a special feature on the Kinnick North Stands renovation project. The Iowa Board of Regents gave its final approval to the renovations of the North End Zone in Kinnick Stadium. Construction of the $90 million project will span three years and begin as soon as the 2016 season comes to a close. The entire North End Zone will be demolished and replaced with a three-tiered structure that will essentially turn Kinnick into a bowl. It will include general seating as well as club seating and suites and also have substantially improved amenities and an improved fan experience. When this project is completed in time for the 2019 season, there will be about 10,234 seats in that section, which will slightly drop Kinnick's overall capacity to 69,000. Financing of the project will be provided by a combination of athletic department fundraising to Department revenue and bonding. Kinnick Stadium's north end zone was last updated in 1986. We are fortunate to have Randy Clarahan as our special guest in this segment. He is a construction executive with Mortensen Construction, which has been involved in the construction of the New Hampshire Auditorium, the Voxman Music Building, and previous major renovations at Kinnick, including the press box, south end zone, and new locker rooms. But let's begin by hearing from Iowa Athletics Director Gary Barda, who talks about the overall project. Already, Kinnick Stadium is one of the great college football stadiums in the country. And, and a big reason for that is because of our fan base. I mean, the structure is, is awesome, but our fans have historically just, they're the best. And so as we did this project, one of our key principles was to enhance the fan experience. And I'm excited uh, that as people see this, they're going to see that that absolutely has been accomplished. Everything we do in athletics, facility-wise uh, and otherwise, is self-funded. So we sit down uh, with a project like this and we put together a long-term financial plan. It includes fundraising, so we're going to be out raising uh, $25 million or more. Uh, we have a, a funding amount for the seats. We're going to have club seats and some, some other premium seating options. So the, the revenue from that will help fund the bonds. And then that's the final piece of the puzzle. We'll sell some bonds and uh, athletic department revenue will make up the difference between uh, the fundraising, the, the club seats, and, uh, and then the bond payment on an annual basis. One of the goals in this project is to offer something for everyone. So we'll have bleacher seats, we'll have chair backs, we'll have premium seating in, in the form of a club, some small box type premium opportunities, some deck areas. So we'll have a little bit uh, of something for, for people at all levels and of, of all interests. It, it will go under 70,000. We spent a lot of time seeing if there was any way we could be above 70. Uh, we, had, we had a couple of thoughts in mind. One, number one was to make sure the fan experience was the best it could possibly be. That's how we came up with the structure that we ended up with. It will be slightly b below 70,000, not very much. And, and if we continue at the pace we've been on, we'll still always be able to maintain that top 25 attendance. In the future, if we if we decided we wanted to add, we have some ideas of where we could get it back over 70, but that won't be the 
case initially. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz provides his view on the need for the Kinnick Stadium upgrades and what it means to the Iowa football program. You know, during the summer, I do think about stuff, and uh, you take some time to think about just how different. When I got here in 81, okay, we were in the field house. You know, we were all, I think uh, Coach Elliott had like a little suite built. You know, it was about the size of this room right here. Offices around the outside, a little room in the middle, you know, for people to sit and stuff. So you think about that there, here, you know, just everything that's happened and then the last 18 years, what I've been able to witness 17 and a half years. When you start to really start thinking about it, which I did during the summertime, it's pretty neat. And to me, this is the next step. Uh, I've seen some drawings and they just look spectacular. And we've already got an unbelievable stadium. It was pretty good even before that press box went up. Now it's more spectacular. So it's just kind of the next step of, to me, the program, you know, continuing to push forward. And uh, it's like anything in life, you know, if, if you, at least anything, it's competitive. You know, if you're not pushing forward, uh, you're probably not doing the right thing. And I think it's uh, it's the next step. There's going to be a lot of work that's going to have to go into that, certainly. I'm anxious to help in any way I can once we get down to the season. But right now, you know, we're focused on the year. But I think it's just, if, if we want to if we want to be a first-class program, we need to keep pushing forward. And we certainly, uh, you know, hit the jackpot with this building. I mean, we just, we did it, did it right. And did it right for a long time. And I think it was demonstrated responsibility of the program, long-term health of the program. You can view a video and artists' renderings of the changes on our Hawkeyes Mike Twitter feed and also at the website kinnickedge.org. After this break, we'll hear from the head of Mortensen Construction in Iowa, Randy Clarahan, on the details and planning related to the renovations. Hawkeyes Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Next, Mortensen's Randy Clarahan and I go in-depth looking at the major Kinnick renovations that will take place over the next three years. Randy, we talked last year about the proposal for the Kinnick Stadium North area, North End Zone, and the redevelopment of it, the first redesign and rebuild in in quite a few years there. Since that time, a lot has changed, and there's a concrete proposal now that went before the Board of Regents this week, and it's uh, a lot more costly, it's a lot longer, and uh, the length of time and terms to complete, and there's some exciting new features about it. So let's start with one of the first questions that Athletic Director Gary Barta dealt with last year was the seating capacity of the stadium. He did not want it to change. He did not want it to drop below 70,000, but in the final proposal that went before the Regents, it does drop slightly below 70,000 and appeared to be a balance between the amenities and the features that everyone wanted built into it versus the ability to maintain that 70,000 
30,000 magic number capacity. Yeah. So, you know, we worked with the athletic department for about a year and Gary challenged the entire team design as well as Mortensen to uh, maintain that 70,000. That was a value that he held dear. But as we made it through the design, it became clear that what was really the most important was the fan experience. And with the addition of restrooms, with the better circulation, with the concourse levels that are going to be incorporated, the 70,000 mark uh, wasn't going to be able to be attained. If we would have tried to hit the 70,000, frankly, the fan experience would not have been what uh, the design reflects today. Now, the original cost proposal was in the neighborhood of, I think, the mid 40s, 40 million, 42 million. The final one, the project proposal was closer to a $90 million plus cost. What happened? That's a great question. And uh, I can tell you that the initial number that was shared uh, publicly was frankly well underestimated because uh, they used numbers that didn't reflect the the design and the intent for the uh, ultimate end zone design. So the uh, project cost, as many people may not realize, includes not only the construction costs, but the design costs and other costs. At the same time, there are costs associated with this particular project that need to be incorporated in the overall design design because it makes sense to do them now. So for instance, a new field that's going to be contemplated and incorporated into next summer's projects, and we'll get into that maybe a little bit, along with some storm sewer work, which really has nothing to do with the north end zone, but because that work is going to be happening, those kind of projects are going to be incorporated. So a combination of right-sizing the budget and taking advantage of the construction that's going to be taking place reflected the new budget. Is it accurate to say that from the beginning and as this has evolved, that the number one focus was on fan experience and amenities, improving the overall experience in Kinnick Stadium? Absolutely. You know, those that have lived in the north end zone knows that the restrooms, the concessions, the circulation isn't really up to Big Ten standards. And and uh, that was first and foremost uh, of what the athletic department wanted to achieve. And I think we've achieved that in this design and fell short of the 70000 uh, mark, but it's an extraordinary design the way it, it finishes the bowl effect. I mean, it gives a big time stadium feel to uh, that whole piece of Kinnick Stadium and the way it ties into the Skywalk system and the club level. It's going to be a, a, a project that everybody should be proud of. Many of the listeners have probably seen the renderings online. They really look fantastic. Kirk, who's featured in this segment, has mentioned how spectacular he thinks they are, but it's very complicated because you have short time frames within which to accomplish major construction activities and you have to have a stadium that can be played in for the next couple of seasons after 2016. Now the original idea was that they were going to start construction, tear down the day after the season ended and have steel pre-ordered. I remember when we talked Mm -hmm. last year and be ready to go and have it all ready and up and running by the following uh, opening day kickoff. But now it's going to be spread not just over two years, but really over three years to be completely finished. Talk about what fans can expect to see in 2017, in 2018, and in 2019. Sure. So it, it does, in fact, uh, cross over three seasons. The, uh, the the fan experience for the 2017 season, they, they really won't notice uh, some of the what I call the enabling projects. And, and certainly they'll notice that there's a new turf, and that's part of the project. But as I mentioned earlier, there's a, a storm line that needs to be done, which creates the need to big, dig a big hole in the end zone.
zone, the north end zone, and bore a large 24-inch line underneath the north end zone to fix an ongoing problem that's really outside the stadium, but it affects the storm drainage. So at the end of the 27th season, the plan would be to go in and tear down the entire north end zone, rebuild it, and uh, have all of the general admission seating in place. So as you look at it, it would have that bowl effect. You're, you're going to capture 85% of the seating. And what's important to the athletic department certainly is date certain so that when they go to sell season tickets, they know absolutely those seats are going to be available. So the focus is going to be getting those seats in. The uh, issues that are going to move on to the 2018, post-2018 season is the club level amenities and as well as some of the restrooms and, and concessions. So there'll be some permanent restrooms, some temporary restrooms potentially during the 18 season. But the experience of having the bowl, the experience for the general admission, the, the concourse levels will be in place. But it's important to be realistic about the schedule, be realistic about what seats can be sold. And it's a little teaser during the 18 season so that people can get a feel for those club level seats. And at the end of the, for the 19 season, it'll be complete, club level will be in, and uh, it'll be a great project. Okay, let's go back and talk a little bit more about each year. So 2017, opening kickoff. The only thing the fans are really going to notice is there's new turf in place. That's going to be the new field turf like uh, they put in for the, practice facility. Then the moment the final game is played in 2017 in Kinnick, then some of the big heavy duty construction begins and 2017 will have the same capacity we have today, the 70,000 and some change. 2018, when you'll have pretty much everything done but the actual finished product in the club area, you won't have quite the incapacity seating that you'll have for the 2019 season. Correct. correct? You'll, you'll be short about 1,500 seats. Okay. So in 2018, when fans come in, they'll have, they will have the bowl effect for the first time. And it will also be the first time in Kinnick's history that there'll be two-tiered seating because you'll have, based on the renderings I've seen, general admission, bench seating at the same level they have today. And then you're going to have a second tier of general admission seating on top of the club area. Am I correct there? That's right. So the best, best way to explain it is you've got upper level uh, seating, lower level seating, sandwiched in between that is going to be the club level and each of those two levels have its own concourse so circulation is going to be improved you will have that two-tier look those seats will be in it'll be finished a scoreboard will be installed so the fan experience for the 2018 season for almost everyone is going to be extraordinary they're going to see a bold in effect they're going to see the video board they're going to see you know just shy of the you know somewhere around 8500 seats in a end zone that's been carrying a about 10,000 and change. So most people will look at that and be super excited. And it's a teaser for those that want to grab those club level seating that's going to be featured in the 2019 season. And the new north end zone scoreboard is actually going to be larger than the scoreboard that's in the south end zone? That's the plan. Yep. So there's, there's uh, I don't think everything's been sorted out, but the ribbon board and some of that was which was just installed the year before is going to be taken down, stored, and, re and put back in. So it, it's it's uh, brand new technology, but the new scoreboard that it would be uh, in place would be uh, brand new and larger than what's in the south side. And when all is said and done, the start of the 2019 season, how much of, of the street 
street will actually still exist as a street north that's immediately north of the stadium. I think it's Forest Evashevsky Drive. It's, it is Evashevsky Drive. And uh, what's neat about, and it doesn't really show up in the rending, renderings very well, but this actually cantilevers over a little bit of Evashevsky Drive. So the drive during the construction period is going to be choked off at times to facilitate construction. But at the end of the project in the 2019 season, that will still remain a two-lane access road because you've got the transportation center, you've got certainly the adjacency to the hospital, and those are critical. So that's, again, that's a great point, John, of, of how complicated this project is because there's just no room. And when we went and analyzed the site logistics and the issues that you need to have in place for life safety and circulation, we felt that it was too much to ask of anyone to try to cram all of that in one year. And, and frankly, you're not building it in the most ideal conditions. You're starting, you know, end of November and you're trying to turn it over in, in basically July. Mortensen has been involved in this since the initial discussions, helping the university in planning and getting the proposal to the point where it was presented to the Board of Regents and approved. And Mortensen, I know, brings a terrific amount of experience in terms of stadium construction around the country. What are some of the other projects that, that Mortensen Construction has been involved in, in terms of sports facilities? Yeah, you know, so that's a great question. And, and uh, on this scale, we recently did a, a major renovation at, at uh, Kansas State University's uh, end zone. So it was a very similar project in terms of size and scale and timing. So we understand collegiate sports very well. Other projects that we've we've done is, as you know, we uh, did the initial renovations in 0405 for the press box in the south end zone and the locker rooms facilities. More notably, recently, those that are potential Vikings fan, Mortensen was the general contractor for the U.S. Bank Stadium up in Minneapolis, slightly larger, close to a billion dollar project. Uh, phenomenal for a little trivia, the old Metrodome that people used to go into would fit neatly inside U.S. Bank Stadium. So, you know, we, we know sports, we know football, we know collegiate sports. The uh, uh, Minnesota Gophers football stadium, TCF Bank Stadium, we, we built that as well. We're known for not only football, but baseball. It's exciting times because we're finishing up the Atlanta Braves baseball stadium in Atlanta, as well as we'll be launching the new Golden State Warriors basketball arena sometime next year. Now, there's no guarantee, Morton will be the general contractor on this. I assume, without asking you to give away any you know, planning or strategy, that Mortensen is likely going to bid on, on that possibility. We, we will. We will, uh, we will pursue the project. There's, uh, uh, within the Board of Regents, discussion about an alternate delivery method to bring the best people to the project. And uh, we're excited about that opportunity. Uh, we are committed to the University of Iowa. We feel passionate about Kinnick Stadium. We know it very well. We brought the project to this point. And we are excited about the opportunity of helping them actually see this dream to reality. Now, for people in the Iowa City area and who come in and also visit here, they've watched what Mortensen has been in charge of the last couple of years with the new Hancher Auditorium, the new music building. And I'm assuming that since you have a division that works on sports complexes, will not the same kind of people necessarily that were involved in Hancher and, and Voxman will be involved in the stadium construction should you move forward in that area. We have 
have depth of resources. So what we would do for any project is we're going to tap our group, our sports group, for some expertise in planning and staging and phasing, uh, as well as some project management and supervision. But you know, ironically, the uh, assistant superintendent that worked on Kinnick Stadium back in 0405 lives right here in the area and is super excited about the opportunity to, to work on it. We have another superintendent that was with another firm back in 0405 that was integral to Kinnick. So we're going to have a good mix of both local people that work here for Mortensen as well as bringing the experts. And, and I think the goal for the entire project certainly is going to be making sure that we, whoever gets it, engages the local community and making sure that we utilize local resources. We've got great partners here and you can't replace the fact that people that are passionate about Hawkeye football are going to be those that are going to make sure this project doesn't fail. And that's what you need is those kind of resources. And let's close out. We sure appreciate your time. With that passion question, Kinnick Stadium is iconic, not just for the University of Iowa, but really it's one of the iconic stadiums mm -hmm. across the nation. Is. This is a significant change. It's a different kind of change than the press box in the south end zone. When fans see the finished product, when they walk in there for the opening game in 2019, is it going to be a wow? Are they going to say, oh my goodness, they pulled this off. It's even better than it's ever been before, and it didn't change the iconic nature of Kinnick. No, I, I think that what they're going to find is a stadium that increases fan experience, that enhances fan experience, but it's going to be of that same vintage. It's going to fit in well to what Kinnick is and, and what it represents. And those that have seen the renderings will understand that it's going to be a kind of a seamless but enhanced opportunity to create a mezzanine level, concourse level, club experience. But if you're sitting inside stadium and looking out toward the north end zone, it's going to have that big time Big Ten feel that, that the fans deserve. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. His legend precedes him the way lightning precedes thunder. Are you looking for a new, rewarding career with great benefits? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides great career opportunities with wages starting at $20 an hour, including benefits. Give TNK a call today at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663 to begin your roofing career today. $20 per hour starting wage, including benefits. You can't beat that. Give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free 1-800-383-7663. 383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing, a proud union company and member of Built by Pros in Eastern Iowa. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC.